Now, Mark's gospel, uh, see, this is, the, this is the difference. You have all nations, that's the people word, bring good news to all creation. This is uh, a different kind of word. Creation word is a word about, you know, the, the, the world out there. It's like saying the world, the creation. This is geograph- geographic word. This is one of those words that they could have used that we discussed last time. So Mark gives us uh, geographic words, not uh, people group words. And um, he actually, you know, I want to just bring out this people thing, because Mark has this thing about preach the gospel to every creature or every person in creation. I love the way it comes out in King James, you know, to every creature. It's like, you know, preach to the badgers and the bears and, the, you know, every creature. This is kind of an explosive text. You know, everybody needs to hear the gospel. And this is a very different kind of, kind of feel than Matthew's gospel. We're looking at people groups and that whole discipleship. It's all, Matthew's is kind of looking at kind of the big picture. This is like on the ground. You've got to forcefully go out and share the gospel with people or they will not hear the gospel. So what I thought I'd do is to give you a little feel for what it means to realize that the scope of the Great Commission is all people. And when you look at that from this perspective, just as we look at the people group emphasis in Matthew, you have to look at the people, at the numbers of people out there that need to hear the gospel. Now when Jesus gave the Great Commission at this, like if you go back in time, you're in the first century, they were estimated, these are estimates, but they're good estimates, that we believe that the population of the entire world was 250 million people. The entire world. Now, just to give you a little feel for that, this today, just today, while we're having like, the 24-hour period of this day that we're in right now, there'll be 350,000 babies born in the world today. Estimate. 350,000 babies born today. Maybe you know somebody who may give birth today. They're one of 350,000. Okay, that means that here is Jesus at the time of the birth of Christ. There are 250 million people in the world. And it's so different than today, the kind of scope of the whole thing. So he's, okay, a quarter million people. That's, this is, that's like, I don't know what, you know, it, it's, that's like one-sixth of Atlanta or less. It's, it's actually probably one-tenth of Atlanta. It, no, no, it's one-fifth one of Atlanta. This is a, that's a whole world, 250 million people. Now, if you were to take and say, okay, what would it take for that number to double? How much time would it have to pass before you would get to a half a billion, in other words, 500 million people? Well, it went all the way to the time of Martin Luther. That means for the world to double in size took 1,500 years. 1,500 years for the world to double in size. Now, there are, there are a lot of people being born, uh, but there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, birth mortality issues. There's no modern health care. It's very, very difficult. And it's not, you shouldn't do, it's not, actually not like this. You know, it, this is a very, this, probably the world is up and down, up and down, up and down, but it takes till 1,500 years to get to that point. How long to double again, to get to 1 billion? Well, you go, it takes just 300 years to do it again. So 1,500 years to double, then 300 years to double. <clears throat> the time of William Carey, <coughs> who <coughs> goes to India, sells money in 1793, uh, the world at that point had finally reached 1 billion. 
Okay, let's see, to go again. Well, to get to two billion, uh, double again, it would take just a hundred years at the time of the famous Edinburgh World Missionary Conference in 1910. The world at that point hit two billion. So you have 1,500 years, then just 300 years, and then just 100 years happens again. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> how long to get from 2 billion to 4 billion? <clears throat> that, this would be the Lausanne Congress period, 1975. Four, it actually happened in 75, the year after. <clears throat> it took 65 years for the world to get to 4 billion. So think about it, 1,500 years. Now we're down to 65 years. And then, today the world is at 7 billion, but it's believed, current projections are that the world will hit 8 billion in the year 2024. <clears throat> right now we're at 7.1. That will be 40 in 49 years. The world has gone from 4 billion to 8 billion. I'm 56 years old. 49 years. So in my lifetime, 4 billion to 8 billion. Jesus gave the Great Commission, 250 million. All right, now what that tells you is that the scope of the Great Commission is really vast. So for example, if you had, if you kind of conceptualize the world as saying, okay, we have a room of 100 people in it. And our job is to go into that room and preach the gospel to those 100 people. And that's how we generally think about the world. You know, there's a, it's, like, it's like a bounded set, you know, the, the room and there's 100 people inside the room and we're, and we're going to go and there's like, you know, 10 that are Christians and 20 that heard of Christ and there's a bunch that haven't. We're going to go in there and tell the good news. So we go into this room and we're going to share the gospel with these people. The problem is this room has a door on it and there's tons of people moving into the room. And so this room is getting forward and forward and forward of people. So as every year goes by, I mean, given a, every day, 350,000 babies are born. Every day, 150,000 people die. So the net is 200,000 more people every day. Okay, that means that if, let's just say Christianity, this is true for any world movement, any global movement, but if Christianity wants to maintain its percentage of the world, right now we're at 33, 33.5% of the world. So a third of the world roughly says we're Christians. And this is not an evangelical definition. This involves every kind of Christian imaginable, okay? But there's a third of the world in some way says they're Christian. If you want to maintain that percentage, you have to bring 200,000 people to Christ every single day just to maintain. You see what I'm saying? That's the power of this, you know, kind of demographics of world missions that sometimes is not understood. And Mark really brings this out, God's redemptive love for all people and that everyone needs to hear the gospel. And the point behind this being it's not going to just happen, you know, this requires strategy, requires thinking about it, things about what are we going to do about this? I mean, Orlando has dramatically changed in the last 50 years with the kinds of people groups that are here, the kinds of, all these are contextual issues, and this is true for Atlanta, it's true for Boston, it's true for, you know, everywhere. Boston, where I worked and lived, had, you know, more people worshiping a language other than English, <clears throat> than in English in Boston. So you have these dynamics that are really, really important. So these are geographic words, uh, not people group words. 
It shows God's redemptive love for every person. You know, he's out there ahead of you, proveniently working, drawing people to himself. We have to go and find that. And then notice how Mark comes back and makes this interesting statement about whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now this is where you actually have this wonderful coherence between the Great Commissions. Because on the one hand, when you're reading along so far, it's like, wow, this is really different than Matthew. You know, the commands are different, the, the feel is different, the emphasis is different. He talks about, you know, katizo, creation, cosmos, these different words are not found in Matthew's gospel. But <clears throat> at this point, Mark comes around to resonance with Matthew. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now what this is talking about, he's not, he's, what he's saying is we're not talking about just like out there evangelizing kind of, kind of disconnectedly. Baptize means incorporation into the body of Christ. This is about bringing one into the faith. This is about the church. So this is actually there resonating even within Mark's gospel. It'd be a mistake um, to interpret this as like, um, well, if someone is not baptized, they're not saved. This, that's not the point of this. Uh, there's quite a few examples in Scripture <coughs> where <coughs> you have the uh, thief on the cross or you have you know, Paul saying in 1 Corinthians, I didn't come to, you know, to, uh, to baptize but to preach the gospel. 1 Peter uh, 3.21 talks about you know, the point is not getting somebody wet with water, but you know, their, their heart, their, all of that. So baptism is important. It's one of the sacraments of the church, but <coughs> the, this, Mark is not making that point. He's not saying that, you know, that we often take baptism in our context as like you, know, you making a personal public statement about your faith, which is great, but that is not, baptism in the New Testament is about incorporation into a body. You're being baptized into Christ, into the body of Christ. That's the kind of point of baptism. So for Mark, he's talking about being brought into the church, and that is uh, very powerful. And finally, um, Mark is very bold on the urgency of the whole thing. Mark's gospel is set in its larger context, <clears throat> the context of uh, opposition, problems, you know, uh, <clears throat> the, the persecution. And so Mark is anticipating uh, problems and persecution and denials. I love that, you know, that Mark gives us hope. You know, one of the things my daughter often says is that, you know, she's there working for years and years and years and no response. And uh, people say to her, well, you know, people work for 20 years in these cultures and never, they never see a response. And, you know, just, you know, hang in there, you know. It's like, yeah, I, I get that. I've read those books too. But it's not that I don't believe that someday the Elaga will be in the presence of Jesus Christ. She believes that. But I want that person to know Jesus. I have so many elderly I'm working with that are 75 years old. You know, they don't have 20 years. I want them to respond to the gospel. I love that kind of, you know, urgency of the whole thing. And so Mark says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So Sotheisatai means they will be saved in the future eschaton, future time God will save them through Jesus Christ. Those who do not believe will be condemned. So, wow, Mark is laying out the, the you know, the, what I would call is the, the gospel moment that this is not about religious preferences. You know, this is not like, Something, well, you know, I, I know, I know you like McDonald's, but I really prefer Wendy's. You know, 
this is like, you know, well, I know we're going through the, the, the suit, you know, the line, you know, and, and you're choosing chicken, I'm choosing beef. And it's like, a, like the, the religion's like a food court. You know, you go in, okay, everybody go and, you know, go into the food court and you get whatever you want to get. Everybody goes and they find, oh, I like Chinese food. I like this. And that's how we see religion today. You know, people can choose based on their culture, their background, their temperament, all that. That's kind of the modern view of religious activity. But the Gospels do not say that. Their point is that there is a divine imperative that people respond to what God has done in Jesus Christ, right? The Gospel. So there is salvation, no one else. This is the hope of the world. This is not a Western message. It actually emerged in the Eastern world. We've been engulfed by it too. We're just, it's, it's ambassadors, you know, it's not an imposition. This is like a declaration of good news. So Mark is saying, you know, this is, this is not like, you know, this is not like a hobby where you want somebody to find, you know, know something that you've, 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 you know, you've discovered woodworking. You know, I want you to learn about woodworking. This is not like a hobby that you want someone to come into. This is like eternal consequences. If we do not, you know, like, like Paul, you know, woe is me if I don't share the gospel. Uh, Jeremiah, you know, it burns in my far heart like fire. You know, this is the kind of what comes through Mark's gospel, this real passionate heart that we would not forget that what we're involved in is eternal, uh, eternal business. And people often say, you know, when I was in North India or my daughter in Tanzania, they'll say, you know, why, why are you here? Why would you come over and live with us? You know, we have nothing here. They have to grow, they have to grow our own food. She has to go down to the river to get her own water every day. You know, it's, it's just a difficult life. If you want to you have a little oil, you know, to cook something with, you've got to grow sunflower seeds and beat the sunflowers, make oil. I mean, the whole thing is, when you're, when you're there visiting her, it's like, wow, how can anybody live like this? But the great thing about it, if you were to talk to, and this is not just my daughter, Bethany, it's like millions like her in the world, but if you talk to Bethany and say, Bethany, are you um, sacrificing? Aren't you in a big sacrifice? It's like, What? It never would dawn on her. It literally would it never cross her mind that she would sacrifice anything. Because her point, the gospel is so wonderful. It's so rich. It's so beautiful. It's so important. I, what is that compared to like, okay, I don't have a faucet to turn on. So what? I don't have a TV to watch. I can't Google anything. I don't have Facebook. I have to actually write letters. <laughs> and even then, wait for two months to carry them out. But it's okay because the gospel is, is greater than all of that. So Mark is like just kind of just amazingly brings us into this world, this urgency that we need to reclaim.